Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. I'm glad that you have tacos in front of you because this is going to start with one of those situations where I talk to you, talk at you about shit you don't care about. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, because real quick, we're going to do that thing where I talk about pro wrestling. <laughs> what? And you're going to figure out quickly how this I... circles back into music. I'm. Oh, I, am I going to figure out quickly? Because yes. All right, go for it. I'm so, in. so the other week I was I was telling you that we have a new WWE Women's Champion, right? Yes. And it's this Japanese woman who barely speaks English. And I want to real quick point out that this is incredible to me that they're pushing her as a star because um, I grew up primarily watching in an era where women's wrestling was like brawn panty bullshit and widely regarded as piss break content. Um, and where non-English speaking wrestlers are novelty acts and even the really good ones might get pushed to the mid card. So, this is, like, groundbreaking to me. Congratulations to everyone involved. That said... Okay. I was watching a video where she talks about the music she works out to. And it was, like, Iron Maiden and Guns N' Roses and Kansas. Fine. I'll come back to Kansas. Um, <laughs> okay. But she puts out a tweet about an Aerosmith album. And I said, fuck it. Maybe the way for me to get Aerosmith into my heart is to listen to a full album. So I listen to an Aerosmith album. Oh, welcome to a piece I that I the... welcome to a piece where I like to call the time a pro wrestler made me listen to Dad Rock for a week. <laughs> I was really wondering how this was connecting. Um. Oh my God. Okay, that's actually really funny. Uh. So so this was your diving into Aerosmith a little bit. So. I know Aerosmith. I, I know. I know the hits. I. I. I really do like the song um, "Dream On." Like, I really do think that that is like a classic of of classic rock. And like, I'm gonna get back in character in a minute and and shit on Aerosmith like I always do. <laughs> okay. But like, I do have more respect for Aerosmith than I let on. But I think it's. I think it's more fun for me to call them the scourge of, well, of classic rock. Like, it's oh, yeah. way I, more I, fun. I totally get it. It's way more fun, and it makes way more uh, divisive content if I just talk about how Aerosmith is the most garbage band to ever walk the face of the planet, and that the people who listen to them should be crucified. But I don't really think that. I just think that they should be beaten. Wow! <laughs> Can I ask what album you listen to? Uh, it was Get a Grip, and I have no idea if that's supposed to be a good album or not. It's the one that she tweeted out, and, and she put it out as, like, this one is still in heavy rotation. Um... Which I can say about albums that I know aren't quote-unquote good or quote-unquote liked, like Load or uh, Iron Maiden's No Prayer for the Dying album. I just think they're like, these are not the good albums in their discography, but I kind of like them in a weird way, you know? So I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to put too much pressure on this album, 
But it's it's someone finally gave me a name for an Aerosmith album to put on, so I did. Do you have any thoughts on Get a Grip before I get started? Uh, get a Grip is I'm gonna I'm gonna call it like as someone who is an Aerosmith fan. This is I think the way I look at like Load and Reload, the way you look at them from Metallica. Okay. Um, this is not an album I know anyone ever really talks about. This is a very strange choice. I think it's a fine album. I think it has some really great songs. Uh, the only song off of it... I take it back. It has two songs that I think people know. People know Living on the Edge and people know Crying. Right. Um, outside of that, I don't think this is an album people really know. I think Eat the Rich is fantastic. <laughs> oh. For being, like, a really stupid song. Okay. A good portion of this was Torment for me. Really? <laughs> because because Aerosmith okay. are just the most obnoxious mix of hair metal and funk, and they're not really my favorite example of either, and they're still the scourge of classic rock. Um, oh god, okay. It's over an hour long, it's 14 songs, and that is a lot of Aerosmith. Yeah, it is. Of all of the songs I know titled Eat the Rich, Eat the Rich is probably the worst. Um, losing oh, out to okay. Motorhead's I Eat the Rich and Crocus's Eat the Rich. I'm gonna say you're like it's not like it's not actually a good song, but it's just one of those like all right, this is dumb. I'm into this. But you know what I'm a sucker for is a goddamn power ballad, and this album has like yeah. four, and I think three of them are really good. I like oh, I like okay. I like living on the edge. I like crying, and I like crazy. They were the least offensive things to me on this. All right, uh, living on the edge is like one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. <laughs> I love that. Song. That that's a really good song. I, I like it. As far as the more rock songs, I probably <sighs> would say Walk On Down is the best. Okay. I mean, it is, this is not one of my favorite songs, but I definitely have, like, a soft spot for it. This, this has songs on it that I enjoy. Okay. It's just, it's a very, like, this is not what I would ever, like, oh, you want to get into Aerosmith. You know what you should listen to. Like, this is not. I kind of figured, I kind of figured, this anyway. isn't, this isn't Toys in the Attic. I'm aware of that. Which also would not be my first recommendation to most people. Because Excellent. Because Toys in the Attic, because Toys in the Attic to me is, you know the hit songs off of this already. This isn't what you need, but okay. that's a whole different story. We're okay. not talking about okay. Anyway, that's really that's that's really interesting. Um, good, cool. So, and then "Amazing" is the other one, and it's it's the fourth ballad ish song, and it's, it's not bad. Fun. It's fine. Yeah, I, it's, it's there's fun. something that annoys me about the way Steven Tyler says "amazing" in that song, though. <laughs> the way he like really emphasizes the "may" and then doesn't add the "g," like so, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. 
I don't know. There's just you know how someone just says something in a way that's like, why? Why are you doing this? I, I know exactly what you mean. That's not a song. Like I can't, I can't get like a mental picture for this. Hold on, I'm actually gonna pull that song up real quick. Okay. I need to. I need to hear this. That is not a song that I. That's not a song I really think much of, honestly. Where is it? It's on Get a Grip. Oh, there it is. I think I was looking for the, the specific line, you asshole. <laughs> You're welcome. I was like, it's going to be somewhere around here, and I, I jumped over it. I, all right, I mean, I, I hear what you're talking about. That certainly does not bother me nearly as much as it's bothering you, obviously. Yeah. I, I don't really have any thoughts. I'm sorry. No, I know exactly what you that's mean. That's fine. It's I, know just, I have those stupid complaints, too, but yeah, it's, that one's not doing it for me. It's just one of those... Oh, you say this in such a weird way, and it makes me cringe a little bit. But it's like, it, I mean, it's not the biggest complaint in the world. Also, Boogeyman was fun. I like that it ends on this stupid-ass instrumental. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Interesting. But anyways. I, I just, I, I'm just glad that you ended up listening to an Aerosmith song. So, so, or album. So yeah, I ended up listening to an Aerosmith song, uh, album. Now I'm doing it. And now I, you do it, yeah. And I figured, I'm going to ask Jeff if he knows this album. Obviously you do. And if knowing my thoughts on it, he can recommend me an Aerosmith album that won't make me want to go face first into the power saw at work. Which, to be fair to Aerosmith, is a real thin line sometimes anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, because the problem is... you. I think the problem is, again, I'm going to go back to because I think it really does hold true, is I think Aerosmith is so close to enough things that you do enjoy, but it's wrong in just the right ways. That I think you are honestly going to have a hard time actually getting into Aerosmith. Okay. If I have to recommend an album to you, I'm going to recommend the song Rocks, or the album Rocks. Okay. I might give that one a shot. Because what I'm learning is that I like Aerosmith ballads, but I just think it's one of those things when I listen to them, it's like... And I'm going to have I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this up again in a few minutes, because I listened to a lot of dad rock this week. Um, oh, okay. It, oh, yeah, you did. It yeah, is. Did. It is. It is not quite goofy and stupid enough to be like fun in that hair metal way, because there's still like too much rock and roll in it. But it's not rock and roll enough that like it's not hair metal. Like I, I can't take it seriously as a rock and roll album either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, this yeah. is. I can get that. This is too goofy for for rock and roll. But not goofy enough for hair metal. It's just like, and, and there's like these weird funk elements, and I just, it might not be for me. But, um, yeah, I, I at least enjoyed living on the edge and crying, which I kind of already knew, but. Oh, so I'm assuming you already knew those. I, I can't imagine you somehow lived this life without knowing those songs yet. Yeah, but I mean, I discovered that Walk On Down and Crazy are good too. Alright. You know what? That is, that's better than I was expecting that was gonna go. I'll take it. Excellent. Um, That's a step in the right direction. Again, this is all about music appreciation. Music appreciation. That said, back to Kansas. So, did I ever yeah, tell um, you about my coworker who brought me in a stack of old records because I said I had a record player? Uh, you may have, but I don't certainly remember this. What, why? I just, I, I just was like talking about my record player. He's like, I don't have one anymore. And I have a bunch of records. You want them? And I was like, sure. So he brought in like a select stack of some of the records that he had. Um, okay. That even if, I guess I'm assuming even if he ever got another record player, he wouldn't miss. Um, 
But I had a few nights where I maybe, you know, smoked a little bit of weed and put on Dave's old prog rock albums and uh, played City Skyscapes because I found out about Humble Bundle. Do you know what Humble Bundle is? (laughs) You're kidding me, right? Yeah, like, why did no one ever tell me about this? How did you not know? I don't know. Where have you been? I don't know, but I got, like, 14 City Skyscapes. Like, the game and, like, 13 expansions for, like, 18 bucks. It was pretty cool. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, welcome to the world of Humble Bundle. Um, it's a thing that's existed for quite a while. I'm sure it is. No uh, one... To, mix, to mixed reviews. You know what? It did what I needed it to do. It gave me a SimCity-like game, which I've been looking for. All right. At, like, a reasonable I've, price. I've actually, I've actually... I'm told I would probably really love Cities... Uh, uh, what city skyscapes? I yeah. always forget the name. I told I would really like it. I've never played it actually. Well, if you're interested, it's on Humble Bundle, uh, and you can get um, 14 expansions for well, the game and 13 expansions for 18 dollars. We do not do ads, but if Humble Bundle would like to give us an ad program, <laughs> hey Humble Bundle, you want to sponsor us? I've never used your service before. <laughs> I used it once, and I'm giving it a solid one thumb up because uh, there was a lot of shit on there that I would never want, but. This one thing that I wanted, it came in real handy for. Anyways, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the pile of records Dave gave me. Yeah, that's okay. That's what we're here for, honestly. I'm um, curious about you listening to Kansas. Yeah, so I got in this pile. I got two Kansas albums. Um, I got just the self-titled Kansas album, and I got uh, Point of No Return, which is the one with uh, with uh, Dust in the Wind. What was the first one? Uh, it's just the self-titled Kansas album. I don't oh, think okay. there's anything okay. known that that like got, became a hit off of it. Like it's not the one with like "Carry On My Wayward Son" or anything. It's just... I don't think I know. I don't think I know it honestly. Like I know, I know what it is. I don't think I know it. Yeah. I definitely don't think I own it. Uh, do you have? Have you listened to a lot of Kansas? I have listened to a moderate amount of Kansas. I am certainly not an expert on Kansas by any stretch. Um. Well, I certainly listened to them while playing City Skyscapes, and I thought they were um, fairly okay prog rock. They are, yeah, yeah. I didn't really expect prog rock. I didn't really know what to expect, but um, it was kind of watered down, and it didn't have the writing or talent of a band like Rush or King Crimson, but uh, they were solid. Oh, see, that's that's kind of my thing is, like, I I don't want to say this. Kansas, to me, so as someone who's not super into a lot of prog rock, especially prog rock from, like, the 70s, yeah, I think a lot of it just comes off as kind of boring and arena rock-ish sounding. Uh-huh. Like, there's there's just that... I don't know. They don't really do a whole lot for me. There's a few full concert live videos you can find that I'm just like, alright, this is, this is cool. Like, I can put this on and enjoy it. Um, I don't know any albums of theirs front to back certainly I basically know like I know their hits and I know the songs that happen to be in their set list in these few live videos yeah well this is my really really my first like experience with Kansas outside of like carry on my wayward son and dust in the wind so okay that was interesting um, I mean uh, I'll give you the rest of what Dave gave me and you're gonna you're gonna get a side section of, of what Dave listens to I got Jethro Tull original masters it's like a best of Cool. ZZ Top Eliminator. I'm into this. Uh, Frontiers by Journey. That's the one with Separate Ways and and uh, Faithfully and Send Send Her My Love. I was gonna love. say I know the name. I couldn't think which one it was. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Power Windows by Rush. 
Alright. That's the one with, like, the big money and stuff. And, uh... Manhattan Project is the other one I knew off of that one before I listened to it. Okay. I got this album called... The band's called Headpins, and the album's called Line of Fire, and I have no idea what they are because I haven't listened to them yet. Oh, well, that's a shame. But, um, apparently Devin Townsend listens to them, so I'm sure they're excellent. They're called Headpins? Headpins. I guess they're like a Canadian rock band. What's the album called? Um, Line of Fire. I'll say, apparently, I'm looking them up. Apparently they only have three albums. Yeah, I saw um, that. Interesting. I I have absolutely no idea who this is. And then, Jeff, I got Asia. That's a, okay, that's a, what's, what album? That's a big get. I think it's just called Asia. It's the one with Heat of the Ooh. Moment on it. Do you like... Oh, okay. Do you like Heat of the Moment, Jeff? Um... Um... Confession time. I don't know it off the top of my head. Oh, NSP covered it. Um... Oh, it's one it of the was, ones I didn't know when they covered it. Yeah, what it, is. it was heat of the moment. It's it's one of the songs that I skip when they sing it. Honestly, well, if you want eight songs that primarily sound like heat of the moment, <laughs> oh, Asia will give that to you without question. That's kind of my thing. Is Asia has, um, I I, I am how do I say this? I have never listened to anything by Asia that made me go, oh wow, I want to listen to more of this. Asia has a really cool first album cover. If this is their first album, I'm not um, actually believe, sure. I'm looking it up, and I believe it is. is. Is it the one with like the Leviathan like serpent on the front? Yeah, it's like a dragon coming yeah. out of the water. Yep, he's, yep, yep, he's, yep. he's staring at a, at a pearl or something. Yeah, that's a cool cover. <clears throat> um, here's what I know about Asia. Asia has had some absolutely phenomenal musicians, and somehow they managed to make these musicians sound boring. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I did not think it was possible for a band featuring Sam Coulson to make Sam Coulson boring. I didn't think you could make Steve Howe boring. I didn't think you could make Al Petrelli boring. But somehow, man, somehow Asia did it. Wait, fucking Al Petrelli was in Asia? Yeah, uh, in the '90s at various. Po- I think a couple different times. I don't actually know if he's on any of their albums. I know there's live footage of him with them. Excellent. Let me see. Is he... No, from what I'm looking at, I do not believe he's on any of their albums. Not that I'm seeing, but I know there's live recordings of it, and it just kind of makes me go like, what, what? This is a thing. Like, this happened. You know, Al Patrol is another one of those guys who just makes me go like, holy shit, he's done everything. Yeah. It's kind of unreal. Yeah, uh, so Rush was a decent get, and... Oh, no, hold on, I take it back. Oh. Al Petrelli is on two albums by Asia. Okay. Wow. 
All right. Anyway, go on. Uh, now, Rush was a decent get, and the rest of this I'm kind of giving an um. I wouldn't pay the, for this, but I'm not against owning it out of ten. <laughs> That's an interesting. It's a good get, though. I mean, like you know what? I mean, hey, taking free albums is always cool. Oh yeah. And like if nothing uh, else. There... I always have the logic of just listen to it. Just listen to it once. See what happens. Yeah. I I am not. Um, opposed to the idea of like putting any of these on as background music again. Like uh, it's, it, they were all fine. There was nothing offensive. Like even Asia was like it was kind of boring. But like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't need stimulating music on in the background while I'm playing a video game or something. I just want something happening in the background. Just you just want something happening. Yeah. I mean that's that's how I listen to a lot of things. So that's totally I'm totally on board. Interesting. So you uh you definitely did go down a a very small but still a bit of a rabbit hole on. Like, well, there's there's still one more dad rock. rock. There's still one more dad rock band to cover. Yeah, I know because I had a minor like, I had a minor breakthrough with Van, Van Halen. Oh, oh, you did mention that before. Mm-hmm. You did mention that. How did that go? Where did that come from? So I want to know some of your Van Halen thoughts because I've always liked the first Van Halen album for the most part. Like I could do without Ice Cream Man and the weird doo wop section of I'm um, the One. Like the rest of the song is good, but like I could do without that part. But like otherwise, it's like such a fun album. There's like shit like Atomic Punk and Running with the Devil that are just great. I'm thinking our thoughts on Van Halen's first album are going to be almost identical. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not, because I'm not, I'm not, that's not even part of the dive. Like, I just, I'm just saying I like that album. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that album is really fun. Um, I don't care what anyone else tells me. Atomic Punk is the best song on that album. It is unreal how cool that song is. It's so good. Nobody rules the streets tonight but me. Um, it's so cool. And then the only other album that I've listened to is 1984, which I mostly know Jump in Panama and Hot for Teacher. And it's another one of those, like, this is too cheesy for me to enjoy as, like, goofy hair metal, but it's still too corny for, like, hard rock. Uh, like, the riffs in Hot for Teacher are so fucking cool, but a 30-year-old man wrote those words. I am 30 years old now. What would possess someone at this age to write Hot for Teacher? Maybe I should go to hell, but I'm doing well. Teacher needs to see me after school. I think of all the education that I missed, but that my homework was never quite like this. I mean, do you realize why I hate Blink-182? Yeah. Like, that's the exact reason why I hate them, because they had the the mentality of someone who was 12, and it's like, wait a second, you were in your late 20s writing about being in junior high. Like, Fuck off, Tom. Um, okay, so my thoughts on 1984 are: uh, I really like the song "Jump." It's fine. And those are my and those are my thoughts on 1984. Okay, all right. Like so, that, that, yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't know much of what comes in between. I I got to miss that. But you know what came on at work? What was a Van Hagar song? Okay. 
I know Sammy Hagar from Montrose, and I can't drive 55. I know shit about Van Hagar, okay? Because I've heard so much bad that I never bothered listening to it. Do you know? Oh, really? Do you know the song Dreams? Uh, no. It's off of the first album with with Van with uh, Hagar. It's off 5150. Yeah, which for the record is also one of the Dio albums with Black Sabbath. They have a song called. They, they have a song. They have a song. The intro to Mob Rules, the instrumental that plays before it, is called E fifty one fifty. So that was a weird little. Uh, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, there, it's. It, I guess fifty one fifty is um, both a police code and a we replaced our singer code. <laughs> but dreams is the most I, fun piece of shit that I've ever listened to. It is the most dated piece know. of trash, and it is so corny that someone should be murdered for writing it, but I love it. 10 out of 10. Um, give me a moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself a minute of this and see if I, like, recognize it and just go like, oh, I didn't realize what this was. This belongs on an NSP cover album. <laughs> Never mind. It's the it's the Blue Angels song is how I know it actually. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's the most incredible piece of garbage I've ever heard. It is so insultingly 80s. It is so insultingly 80s. I don't think I knew the song was called Dreams. I literally know it as the Blue Angels song. There's that video for of like, you know, like the like the stunt pilots, the Blue Angels yeah, like, yeah. of just them flying to the song. That never occurred to me what the song was actually. <laughs> Cause I'm used to I'm used to Sammy Hagar being like kinda gruff, kinda rough around the edges. He did like this hair metal voice pretty good. But if you want someone to take your soul, better lift you a little bit higher. I got the fire. See, which is funny because I remember at one point we had that exact conversation, except I know Sammy Hagar as having, like, this hair metal voice and not knowing his other stuff. Yeah. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know any of his solo work. I didn't know Montrose. Like, I knew him from the Van Hagar era, and I knew that I didn't particularly care about it. I don't know if I particularly care about it. I listened to the rest of the album and it was okay, but man, this song is so stupid and fun. It's great. It's perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, how, how how could anyone want... And it's not that good, actually. The song or the album? Van, it's just Van Hagar. Um, I think... I, I think... This. I think it... I mean, first off, I just have... I just have, like, a thing for that kind of, like, this is so awful and campy, but I have to, like... I have to take it as just, like, this fun piece of garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. for the most part, I think it's just I've heard so much shit about like how bad Van Hagar is that I was expecting a train wreck, and I was like, "This isn't that bad. This isn't that bad." I think it's actually funny that like you've heard shit about Van Hagar when like I guess it's because of like the people that I talk about Van Halen with. I know quite a few few people who are Van Hagar fans. You know, really? they, they don't want David Lee Roth back. You know, they yeah. I see. I've. I don't think I've ever heard that opinion. Like I. I've only heard like Van Hagar is like a critical thing. 
I am almost positive my dad is one of these people. That he's a Van Hagar fan? That he's a Van Hagar fan. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's one of these people. Really, like, let's be honest here. What we all want is for Gary Sharon to come back to Van Halen. Because everybody loved Van Halen 3. Do you know Van Halen 3? Um, let me put it this way. I've heard enough <laughs> from Van Halen 3 that I know I'm not going to listen to Van Halen 3. <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not going to listen to Van Halen 3. The, I'm going to put it this way. Here's the, here's the problem. Cause I know the, whatever like, the hit single was off of that, I heard that, and it's not great. Without you. Yeah, that one. Uh, the problem with Van Halen 3 is not Gary Sharone. The problem with Van Halen 3 is that it's Van Halen 3. I mean, and that's just, fair. It has, it, has, it has totally passable rock songs, and it is doing nothing else. Okay. So with all of that in, my, in mind... Go ahead. I was going to say, all I was really going to say was, like, in my personal opinion, like, I have endless respect for what Van Halen did, but really, if, if you're, like, my personal opinion is, you can own the first Van Halen album, and that is really all you need. If you want to branch out more, you buy the second one. Okay, so there's it, I one can, and I one be, and two are are are, are going to be my limit, I guess. One and two are necessary, and then there's like a couple sporadic songs. Otherwise, they have a huge discography of I don't care. That's sad. That's that's a shame. I was hoping maybe there was like another gem of an album between one and 1984. If there is, I haven't found it yet. Okay. I have not listened to all of their discography. So, like, for anyone to clarify, like, I don't. They are not a band I own their discography. I own, I think, four albums, and I have listened to a good bit outside of that, but they have, what, like 12 albums or 14 albums or something? They have quite a bit. They have enough that I don't know at all. Okay. Well, that's a real shame. I tried. I tried, Eddie. I hope that I hope that you can forgive me. You did one really incredible album, though. Yeah. And that's, I mean, he, that's really all that it took. Like, that album changed the world of rock guitar, I think, for all intents and purposes. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. And, it's I mean, it's such a good album. About it, everything about that album changed rock and roll music. For, for the better or worse, depending on who you ask, it's totally fine. But it did a lot. And I think that's our, our dad metal half hour. Our um, dad metal half hour. Yeah.